Welcome everyone to season three, episode 77 of the Premier Pod. I'm your host, Yashpika, joined by my co-host, Tyler Chan. We are finally, officially in the first episode of season three. Um, a little bit different than season seasons one and two. Uh, we just kind of wanted to list out a couple of our goals and such for this new season. Um, first of all, the Premier League is back. So um, back from like the coronavirus, I guess, pandemic. Pandemic is still mm-hmm. ongoing, but, you know, the leagues, all the European leagues are officially back on and, you know, we're super excited and we felt like it was kind of a good time to give us a fresh start. And that's why you didn't see any episodes for us for the past two weeks, um, getting new equipment for the podcast, but also kind of giving our minds a refresher because usually around this time is when, you know, the season dwindles down and, you know, we kind of have that off season to com- kind of prepare for players, coaches. And for us, we kind of prepare with new topics and ideas. Um, and because with everything that's going on, we decided to use those two weeks to kind of prep our minds and just take a little bit of a relaxing break and get, you know, get stuck in until for the rest of the season. So a couple of things we wanted to kind of mention is for season three, we definitely want to try to bring on um, more guests to the show, sort of like what we saw with Lizzie and Kevin Egan. We want to kind of bring on those unique voices that can kind of bring um, some unique stories and perspectives to the show. Um, to the show they definitely um, we just want to bring in people um, from all all walks of life they don't have to be um, you know play-by-play commentators for a professional team but people that can offer a unique perspective in the soccer world I would say and we definitely want to kind of showcase our personalities more and just be a little bit more laid back Um, I think you kind of saw if you've listened to us since season one we had the formula of kind of going and doing recaps of games. Although we still want to talk about big ideas and big topics, we want to start picking out um, topics and talking points that kind of matter to us a lot more or things that we kind of notice more than, you know, just going down the list of games and just kind of recapping what's going on. So we want to provide more of that type of commentary, that more banter back and forth type of deal. And we're hoping we can kind of bring that for season three. So I'll let Tyler speak because I've been on a little bit of a spiel right now. (laughs) (laughs) So basically project restart of the Premier League also project restart for the Premier Pod as well. But basically, (laughs) Yash kind of hit his spot on for everything we want to do in terms of goals and what we want to do moving forward with the Premier Pod, because also now officially, as Yosh mentioned in one of the previous episodes near the end of season two, we are now both graduates from college. So now we're just yes. both in the working world. And Yosh kind of just talked to me one day and was like, you know what? Let's go all in on the pod. Let's go <laughs> change it up and kind of go into a new direction. I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm down. Let's let's go for it. So we got new gear. Yosh is on a Mac now. And yes, I got to stand <laughs> for my mic so I don't have to bend over when I speak. <laughs> I know. It's the, it's the little changes. We're slowly getting there. Oh, no, the Mac's a pretty big change. But. Yeah, the Mac's <laughs> a big change, but the mics and everything, we're slowly getting there. There you go. <laughs> now we're slowly getting out of like the struggle phase of uh, our setups. <laughs> yes. We're trying to make it more of a seamless process uh, in terms of recording and just getting the episodes out quicker. Um, so we're hoping with all these new changes that we're putting in place for this new season, it will mean better content for you guys and the content will actually come out quicker and such for you guys to listen to. So those, those are the goals. So, you know, you guys are the fans, so hold us accountable to them if you ever feel a slacking and such. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also we'll keep experimenting on different ideas such yes. as like video podcasts or just any feedback we get from Twitter posts or comments, just anything. We'll think about it and then we'll you know try it out because season three would be 
the time to experiment or like to try new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Like Tyler mentioned, we're going to try to do uh, experiment more with a video now that I have a uh, a laptop that can that is capable enough of doing like very you know video editing and such. So I definitely want to give those things a try um, and do a little bit more with those and experiment with new things. But yeah, I'm looking forward to season three. Um, to kick off the episode, we do have some great news. Obviously, the Premier League w- was started yesterday, the project restart, but huge news in the transfer sense of things. Um, Chelsea officially signing Timo Werner um, for a fee of 50 million euros from RB Leipzig. They paid his release clause, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is quite breaking news and also crazy news um, because for the longest time, it was it almost felt like Liverpool were the guaranteed you know, people that were going to sign Timo Werner. It just seemed like it was a foregone conclusion because Werner likes Klopp. Klopp is German. Um, Liverpool and Dortmund kind of, or not, I didn't meant to say Dortmund, but Liverpool um, have brought in German players before with Naby Keita. And, you know, Werner has gone on record and talked about how great of a coach Klopp is and the atmosphere and the culture he kind of likes and the style of play um, he kind of likens to Jurgen Klopp. But, Frank Lampard comes in and Chelsea come in, swoop him up, and they basically stole Timo Werner right underneath Liverpool's um, Liverpool's eyes. So, Tyler, uh, you're the Liverpool fan, so I know you were a little disappointed when the news came out that Liverpool couldn't sign him. But other than that, what are some of your initial reactions from that breaking news that Chelsea have officially signed the striker, the German striker? It was a little surprising in particular to hear Chelsea is going to be the team that ultimately comes through with Timo Werner because Chelsea wasn't really linked with Werner for the longest time or, or, or if I they know, were, it wasn't never. that loud. It was just like, oh, maybe. But yeah. I think this, I think literally it's been Liverpool links the, like the last six months and then ultimately Chelsea decided to you know take a step forward and just like snatch from Liverpool this move. And I think Liverpool ultimately decided not to go in with Warner because although the release clause is around 50 million, which seems like a good price for the player that they're getting, I believe Warner is getting a wage of around like 200 million pounds a week, which would be the same as Liverpool's top paid player right now, which is Mohamed Salah, which is the same wage. So I think that would have caused some slight unrest in the locker room if that was the actual case, if the report needed to match or even beat Chelsea's contract. So mm-hmm. Werner getting this contract is, is pretty insane. That's a huge, huge contract. So he's expected to be the front line man for Chelsea, which means that might be some issues for Tammy Abraham, the current yes number nine striker for Chelsea, or maybe that might spell something for Frank Lampard to change how he's going to set up the team. He might have two strikers or maybe move Warner to a wing winger position. Mm-hmm. But as a Liverpool fan, hearing this, it was a little rough because Warner would have fit in pretty well in terms of just the pure pace he has. He would fit in really well with that gang and press and also just how quickly Liverpool could counterattack. So losing that is... A bit hard to hear. It's just now, who are Liverpool going to get instead? There's been a lot of links also of possibly getting Coutinho back. Coutinho has been kind of Ooh. crying to get back to Liverpool. Been apparently being really remorseful for moving away. But <laughs> I mean, as Lizzie kind of pointed out in the last episode, 
kind of don't want him back. <laughs> we we've moved on. We've yeah. kind of shown that we can build a pretty good team without Coutinho. We don't really necessarily need him. It'd be good to have, but we can have other better players possibly come in for also for less expensive costs because he's still worth around 67 million pounds, which is insane. And his contract, I believe, is still even higher than Warner's. So mm. he would have to take a massive pay cut. But for now, mm-hmm. I if I were to pick any player, and I know we kind of mentioned this in the last episode, but I mean, I know we might be potentially linked to certain other players like Adama Traore, and I'd rather have Traore. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> so, you know, ultimately, if we miss out on Warner, which we are, and I don't know about Coutinho, hopefully there are other players out there like Traore that can fill that void. But we still do need players coming in. Or... I don't know if Klopp is looking to actually ascend those academy players like Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, giving them more of a starting chance. Because even in these practice games leading up to the season or leading back to the project restart, he has been playing them in these, you know, 11 v 11 Liverpool versus Liverpool kind of practice matches. So he, those that might be the case because, you know, once you see Lalana, Shakiri, all these kind of players leave, Someone else is going to have to take their spot. So it might be these Liverpool Academy players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it. this this is very interesting because when Chelsea initially agreed the um, release clause free, Liverpool actually had, I think, 48 hours or so to match it and no offer ever came in for Liverpool. So I think what you're saying is correct. Probably the transfer fee or the wage bill that Werner and his agent were probably asking for were just was just way too high for Liverpool standards. But I think uh, I think this is pretty crazy for Chelsea because you know you had a guy like Tammy Abraham who a lot of Chelsea fans because I made a graphic for Abraham and a lot of Chelsea fans agreed that you know if he just gets a little bit more consistent he can be a really good player and a really good striker. Um, and they were kind of saying they would prefer to have someone maybe a little bit lesser than him on the bench rather than a full you know straight up new number nine, but. This is definitely going to be interesting because you have a guy, Tammy Abraham, who was, you know, kind of a a product of their youth system. And he's performed decently well for a debut campaign for Chelsea as the number nine striker. And now you bring in a guy like Warner. I don't know how much that will impact Abraham's, you know, growth. And I don't know how much, you know, unrest that would cause him because you, he'll basically essentially be losing his starting job because, you know, Speaking apples to apples, Werner is a better striker than um, Tammy Abraham. So it'll be interesting, even though they do kind of offer two different style of plays. Like Abraham's much more, you know, he's taller. He's a little bit more physical, can hold up the ball. While while Werner's like, you know, that pacey striker that can get behind defenders. But Chelsea are not done there because they are targeting Ben Shilwell um, as their top left back prospect. And all the reports that I'm seeing is they're, really aggressively poking at Leicester and trying to sign him for a fee. And I think Leicester have set a good precedence because they sold Harry Maguire for a world record fee. And I wouldn't expect them to let go of Ben Shilwell um, other any with anything other than, you know, a huge sum of cash. So I think for Leicester, they'll have plenty of cash to, you know, kind of play around with if they do end up selling Shilwell. But another interesting signing that Chelsea could be trying to get is Kai Havertz because as... Um, Chelsea announced the signing of Timo Werner. Someone posted on Twitter, announce um, Havertz, and Havertz actually liked it. And he unliked the post maybe a couple hours later. So, I mean, if Chelsea can go in and one transfer window get 
um, Ziek, Werner, Havertz, and Ben Shilwell all in one transfer window. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's probably one of the best transfer windows, like best transfer coupes of all time. Just those four players alone. That's like, insane. What, like literally Chelsea, where's all this money coming from? I, think, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, they didn't buy any players last summer due to the transfer ban and they didn't, they chose not to buy any players in the January transfer window, but yes. still, this is a significant sum of money. And, mm-hmm. you know, Abramovich, maybe <laughs> he's yeah. made some, some more money or something, but uh, it's this is a big move in terms of just starting 11 for Chelsea too, because ultimately bringing in all these players means that players would have to leave the team too. So yes. I guess that Pedro. would be, yeah, like Pedro in particular is probably one of the key players. Like but Giroud. I would say like with Werner coming in, there's no point of keeping Giroud or maybe, is Batshuayi still on Chelsea? Yeah, yeah Batshuayi is also still there. I mean, it probably makes no sense to keep those two players anymore. So you get rid of those. Tyler and I were talking before the episode. We think all these signings are great for Chelsea. They, the only flaw is they, you know, they really improve the forward and attacking positions and they improve the defense obviously with Showell, but we think that one of Chelsea's biggest weakness is their midfield because right now it's just Conte, Kovacic, and Jorginho. While Conte obviously is except, exceptional as a defensive mid and holding midfielder, um, Jorginho and Kovacic, I would say, are not average. I would say they're a little bit above average, but they're definitely not of the same quality of a Pogba Fernandez, a you know, a Wijnaldum and such that these other Premier League Cubs have in terms of their midfield depth. So I think you know, signing a guy like Havertz the place in the midfield, I think he would genuinely, he would increase the quality of the, of the midfield and just the attacking talent that Chelsea have available. So mm-hmm. if they, I think if they pull off Havertz, I think that'll probably be the, the most important signing out of the two. If they were to target Shilwell or Havertz, I think if they get Havertz, I think it's like game over. I think that attack will be deadly. They're literally going to be set up for the future too, because Havertz mm-hmm. is literally younger than both of us. <laughs> so, Jeez. But and even then, Werner's like, like what, 23, 24? Like same age as me, I think, like 24. Okay. But, geez, man, Chelsea's setting up for the future and with Pulisic as well. I mean, yes. and they not, do you have got Mason Mount, they have Mason uh, Mount, Reese James, right? Uh, yeah, right back. Uh, if Rudiger, I mean, Rudiger's kind of old, like not old, but he's like, he's in his prime. And then they have um, Tamore, young center back. I mean, they have. You know, we always made jokes about Chelsea just loaning out their youth players or selling them off. Like, you know, they had so many, but I think they're finally starting to realize their mistakes and just using them. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, man, Chelsea just seem very scary. Very yeah. scary right now. And even if they don't get Kai Havertz, they still have so many players in depth that are youth players that are on the rise, such as, you know, hudson Adoy. Is Loftus-Cheek still on the team? I mean, you he, can he use is. him. And then Ross I Barkley, think, he can yes. still come through every once in a while. <laughs> and then, like, Ziyech, he can play that Havertz role if Havertz doesn't come, too. So I know. Gosh. And it's crazy. They signed Ziyech and Werner before the transfer window even opened. I mean, that's that's some good business, I would say, to get those <laughs> deals done without even having the window officially open. That's true. And I guess they just have the promise of Champions League ready to go because... Although it's not necessarily guaranteed, they're all coming to Chelsea anyway. Because mm-hmm. Chelsea currently in that third spot, assuming Man City are still banned. So, yes. you know, it's a pretty safe bet that uh, Chelsea will get Champions League for next season. But even then, it's not guaranteed. But we'll see. It'll be It's a very interesting project under Lampard now that he has a very young squad that will grow into 
some big potentials. So we'll see. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be very interesting. I'm. It'll be very interesting to see how Lampard and Solskjaer do with their respective squads because I would say they're kind of in the similar the way their squads are set up and obviously the inexperience of both managers, very similar. So it's going to be super interesting to see how those two managers go off once this season ends. And once they have, you know, once they start to get more of the players they want, I think it'll be super interesting to see how those two teams and those two managers will end up doing in the future. But obviously we mentioned project restart started yesterday. Um, We got some, we got one, I would say not lousy games, but, Definitely not the most exciting ones. Um, Aston Villa and Sheffield United, definitely, um, you know, we waited so long for a nil-nil game, and that's what we got with the Villa and Sheffield United. But the one controversial issue over there was Villa's goalkeeper, Nyland. At one point, the Sheffield United took a corner, and Nyland grabbed the ball, or he got the ball from the air and got pushed into the back of his goal. And it was very clearly that the goal was like he was inside the goal and the goal should have went to Sheffield United, but it wasn't the goal wasn't given and the goal assistant technology that you may be wondering yeah, um, why did they use it? Yeah, goal <laughs> line technology. Um, apparently the goalkeeper, the Aston Villa defender and some other player were blocking the view of the cameras. And because of that, it was the most odd and literally the most rarest of exemptions that literally they were blocking all of the cameras so that the camera could not go back and look and see whether the ball crossed the line. But I just find it very odd because you can clearly tell just human eyes that he literally crossed the line and the goal should have been given to to Sheffield United. So controversy there mm-hmm. um it's definitely this is going to affect the bottom three and this is also going to affect Sheffield United's chances to be potentially in a Euro- European spot and I feel so bad for Sheffield United because they're not like you know Manchester United Arsenal Chelsea Tottenham where you kind of expect them to be back in this position next year I mean who knows maybe this is like one like a fluke season and they're doing so well right now so I genuinely feel bad for Sheffield United they definitely got robbed at three points Yesterday, they literally like (laughs) it was like an act of God in terms of technology. Just I know Suarez came down. (laughs) (laughs) This is apparently the first time in over 9000 matches that the goal line technology system has failed. That's crazy. 9000 matches. And, you know, as yes, like as yes mentioned, it was very easy to tell from just the human eye looking at the camera angles that he went into the goal like past the goal line like the goalie fell into the side netting <laughs> while holding the ball you can't fall into the side netting unless you're inside the goal so i mean at that point i feel like var should have reviewed that situation yes because they could have they could have pulled it back and you know given sheffield united the goal but ultimately I don't know why. Maybe VAR was still on social distancing mode and just decided not to go hardball. But that oh is that is the incorrect decision, in my opinion, because it was ultimately a goal. Like if you go on Twitter, everyone was thinking the same thing, and that just also just put a bad taste in the mouth for everyone. It's like I, I'm I'm glad to have waited so many months just to be disappointed again. <laughs> it's like sports <laughs> is back, y'all. So oh, man. that was that kind of scenario, and then. I know Yush in particular in terms of things that kind of upset him. The fake crowd noise. Like, oh, it was pretty bad. It, w- it was definitely really bad. I think the Arsenal-Man City game, the crowd noise was a little bit better. But this game, the first game back, oh my goodness, the crowd noise was atrocious. It didn't even sound 
correct. I mean, literally, I there was one point in the first half where Villa had a random shot on goal, and it was not even close to going in. And literally, the fake crowd noise had the crowd going like, "Oh, like you know, like one of those like when the crowd goes ooh and like Salah shoots and hits the crossbar." Like it was, they literally had that type of reaction to a shot that like it was a pea shooter to the goalkeeper. It was, <laughs> I'm like, there's definitely someone in you know the commentator's box that's just fiddling around with the the voices <laughs> and then it's it's on that person's decision which you know sound to implement so it's it'll, it'll depend on whatever game you're watching and whoever is in control of that little box what yes. sounds are going off but apparently i heard that at least for nba like the national basketball association they're going to be using nba 2k like yes. noises for mm-hmm. their games when they eventually come back. I, I think I read somewhere that the um that Premier League was actually gonna be using like EA, like FIFA, like yeah. the FIFA noises so and everything. The Premier League would be using the equivalent of the EA Sports FIFA twenty noises. So mm-hmm. like this is like a video game kind of noise. So they because to ultimately to get these noises in the first place, these game developers and you know creators had to go into these games when they actually had crowds and then they recorded these voices in person and then just mm-hmm. put them in the game so this would be the the closest in terms yeah. of replicating that kind of crowd noise but even then the atmosphere is still not there you can't just make noise and have like the same kind of atmosphere because mm-hmm. it'll just be ultimately to set on one person controlling all these voices yeah. and sounds but in your opinion, do you think that these noises kind of help or would you rather not have them and then just kind of have it be more natural where it's just you can only hear the grunts and the cries from the the players on the pitch? Well, this is a hot take. I actually like the crowd noise. I am one of those few people that like the artificial crowd noise if it's done correctly. If you watched any of the Bundesliga games or some of the La Liga matches that happened last week or two weeks ago, the crowd noise that they implemented was really good. I mean, it felt really natural almost. It almost felt so well that the way the camera was set up and the way the crowd noise was going, that there were actual fans in the stadium. I thought the mixing was really well and it didn't feel out of place. So I think the Premier League released a statement and they said that um, they will get better. And it, it was just the first game was a little bit of a train. They didn't say train wreck, but it was a little bit rusty. But they said as the games go on, we'll, they'll definitely get better at the audio mixing for this. I like the crowd noise because it heightens up the atmosphere a little bit. But I know a lot of people really enjoy just kind of hearing the players talk and screaming. And you hear the ball going in the back of the net with no fans. I don't really like that because in the mo- most of the time, I can't really hear what they're saying. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can hear if the coach is yelling or barking orders at a player or, you know, what are the players saying when they're on the pitch? But most of the time, it's not like they have mics plugged in and into their shirt. So all I'm hearing really is just like screaming or like, oh, go there, go there. I'm like, ah, I got- that's literally all I'm hearing on my end <laughs> if there's no noise. So I like a little bit of crowd noise. It makes the atmosphere a little bit better, I would say. For me, it does sound a little much like when you go to your local park like if there's no crowd noise and then all yes. you hear is just the 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 shouts and jeers from the players on the pitch and the coaches like mm-hmm. it, it very much sounds like what you would hear, hear from like a pickup game at yeah. your local park it's just like just randomness and like yeah. random languages every once in a while too <laughs> and then you know every once in a while someone will scream profanity and i'm not sure <laughs> they can censor that out in time but yeah you know it's it's like little things like that. I personally prefer like in most situations, I like it more natural if there is a crowd, then, you know, let there be crowd noise. But 
since this is like a very rare scenario where there's no one, I wouldn't <laughs> mind if there, you know, were a few games where it's just, you know, let 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 it be natural. Let's just hear what the players are saying. Mm-hmm. But you know, if there's like a balance, I think that's what I'm looking for. But yeah. if every game was like fake crowd noise, and then or every game was no crowd noise, then I think that would be a little yeah. bothersome. But I think right now we're all going to move into the fake crowd noises. I think it will get better over time. Yeah, but it's just now and it's just a little awkward. Yeah, and I would say this: if you're a U.S. fan and you watch the games through NBC Sports, um, if you log in via their NBC Sports app, you actually have an option to watch the games with the artificial noise or with the natural sound. That's only if you're using their app. So, for any of the U.S. fans out there, that's a option out there. If you don't want to listen to any artificial noise and you just want the natural sound, so it's definitely out there. But the next game, um, you know, it was City versus Arsenal. I talked to a lot of Arsenal fans um, after the game, and they basically all told me that they expected um, to get thumped by City and they were just waiting for it to happen. But, you know, um, the bigger news, I would say, um, is David Luiz, man, got sent off for like basically being on for 20 minutes in that game. He got put a, <laughs> subbed on for Pablo Mari, who unfortunately news came out that he will be out for the rest of the season. And which is very unfortunate because I think it was his debut game or this was like his second game featuring for Arsenal. So it's a, unfortunate for him to get injured like that. But man, David Luiz comes on, gets sent off and basically you know, that's how City score their penalty. But my gosh, I mean, if you weren't on Twitter, the memes were just all over the place for David Luiz. I mean, he was just getting roasted from every other fan across the nation. But my goodness, David Luiz, man, has to be one of the worst defenders in Arsenal history and probably <laughs> Premier League history. I mean, my goodness, he's he's woeful. <laughs> I mean, the memes were going before he even stepped onto the pitch. And then once he got subbed on, it was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, now my own goals in the score today. And then, boom, first thing, he sets oh. one up for Sterling on a platter. And then, you know, the rest is <laughs> history. Say, the rest is history. Just giving that red card getting sent off. And now his contract is going to end on June 30th. And currently, it is <laughs> June 18th. He, according to Twitter, at least, my, my, probably not the best source, but he is banned for the next three matches. So that means he might not be in an Arsenal jersey for the rest of his career. And I saw he went on, he chose to go on an interview, post-match interview with Sky Sports after the match and kind of just spoke his words saying, you know, it was my fault. That's all I want to say. And then (laughs) there's questions towards him asking him, are, are you going to be back at Arsenal? And he said, I'd love to be here. That's why I, <laughs> that's why I'm doing this interview. I'd love to be a professional footballer. I but... think he didn't realize that he probably should have fixed his contract a little earlier because now he's like <laughs> in the mercy of Arsenal. It's like, you see all this? Your performance is terrible. It's like you're, if you have a performance review, except Yikes. for a renewal of your own job, like this is what you do right before that like evaluation. Jeez. He's going to go to Crystal Palace at this point. <laughs> but, oh my, or West Ham. like or West all Ham. Just another London team that's just not really challenging for a European competition spot. Oh my as goodness. Consistently as Arsenal. But even it, Arsenal it, right now are ninth. So, I mean, it, it's bad. And it's funny because a lot of players are like, a lot of good players are like, okay, I'll just play out my final year because I know I'll do really good and you, you guys will be forced to give me a super huge contract. But my goodness... He probably did like the, he took that scenario was like, okay, I got it. And then literally <laughs> this whole season has just been, I don't got it. I don't got it. 
<laughs> literally just a dumpster fire. But oh my goodness, Santa Luis! I feel like in his entire career, he's just managed to. He's not been the best offender. He just managed to score like some weird long shots. Yeah, every some now and crazy day. goals, but he just managed to get away with it. Like he just has some really good games, and then most of his other games are just really either Atrocious. okay or just like. I mean, not great. I think we all <laughs> saw when Brazil lost seven one to um, Germany. I think we all saw when Thiago Silva wasn't next to him, like partnering up with him. Like he was a train wreck in mm-hmm. that defense. He was all over the place. And I would say this: I feel like David Luiz, for the most of his career, kind of got away with being kind of that reckless guy because he played with players like John Terry, Thiago Silva, and once he moved to Arsenal, there was no, you know, Van Dijk or Ferdinand or like you know that anchor that could just like protect him it was just mustafi or socrates you know so (laughs) if you have those two guys paired with david luis it's not it's not a formula for success it's so bad and i i would say this for arsenal they need to stop buying washed up defenders i'm talking like lichsteiner socrates david luis do not buy washed up defenders on the cheap it's not it's not a bargain. You may think like, oh, I'm saving some money on a guy that used to be, you know, one of the best in the world. It's not worth it. Trust me. <laughs> As a United fan, when we bought like a bunch of washed up midfielders, it's not worth it. Don't do it. Maybe don't, don't do it. don't have a choice, man. Maybe they don't have the financials. <laughs> <laughs> Go. I would say this. I would rather than play Rob Holding, who's younger, and at least you can just like test him out in the water and just throw him in a bunch of games. And if he doesn't perform, so be it. Try to promote someone else in your academy because... At this point, you're much better off doing that and hoping that they end up becoming a little decent than going for a 34-year-old or a 33-year-old or 32-year-old David Luiz, Socrates, and, you know, Lichsteiner and all that. Mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. work. And even, like, the David Luiz transfer, at least, in particular, it was just very last minute. It was just, I believe, when it, it was, was announced, it was, day, right? it was like a deadline day kind of move. And, and he moved from Chelsea, too. Moved from Chelsea. <laughs> it was like a Petr Cech kind of situation. So I know. I mean, it was it was really bizarre to even see in the first place. I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> this is a uh, not what I would have done." But all right, guys, <laughs> it gives them some depth. But yeah, I mean, ultimately now, I feel like Arteta has someone or a position he definitely needs to fill. Oh my goodness! I mean, I feel like defender. The defense has been like the one position Arsenal, every person that's not even associated with Arsenal keeps telling them to fix and they'd never fix it. They just keep signing attackers. It's like literally as it was as bad as Liverpool back in the days before we got, my goodness, you know, Trent Robertson, Van Dyke. It was literally before that time. And then I feel like this entire time has always been those two teams, except Liverpool actually managed to get a new defense. And then meanwhile, Arsenal just still, picking up random things and hoping it works. But mm-hmm. you know, maybe under Artessa, there will be more planning and strategy moving forward. We'll see in the summer. Well, I guess we're in the summer now, but <laughs> I don't know if it's really going to work. We'll oh see. Because, you know, as there's not a economics podcast, but, you know, with the economy across the globe, just like fluctuating and crashing at times, I don't yes. know how that's going to determine or if that's going to really affect teams in terms of how much money they spend the summer, mm-hmm. they possibly could. I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, that's something that we're going to have to keep in mind now because, you know, that's a loss of a chunk of TV money. That's a loss of, you know, owners own income and revenue. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's Arsenal definitely have some tough planning period ahead because um, they just they, there's just so much that just needs to be scrapped from that club, and that they just need a fresh like a fresh slate, you know, like a fresh canvas to paint on. Um, <laughs> too many, too many bandages, too many tapes, too many you know random patches of work that have been patched up over the years. I feel like they just need a clean slate. And they just need to start brand new. This sounds and like a semi version of like Sunderland. I know. It's just like, man, not as severe, like, not as severe, but severe in its own way. Severe yeah. in its own way. But my goodness. I mean, uh, Arsenal are the only team going through this kind of rebuild. Yeah. I mean, like Manchester United, United yeah. Chelsea. I mean, there's, I mean, I feel like all the top teams in Premier League besides Liverpool and City are going through some sort of uh, rebuild, even Tottenham. <laughs> but um quickly I I will I will say this with um Arsenal Mezzadozo wasn't even in the team team sheet wasn't even included as a sub which is quite interesting because now you obviously you can have four subs in Premier League games now so the fact that Mezzadozo wasn't even included on the bench is a little frightening I would say for his future even though we keep talking about it it's a little sad to see Mezzadozo the the Mezzadozo dip down this much in form mm-hmm. and ability but that's something to kind of point out there. But quickly, tomorrow is Friday. Manchester United and Tottenham play. Who are who are you kind of predicting to win? The game is at um, at Tottenham. I don't even know there's a home field advantage at this point because, yes. I mean, despite the crowd noises, that's like yeah, the it's only like empty. Yeah, and maybe there's the travel lag. I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if that's <laughs> even a thing, if that really affects players, like you know like the physical toll of just playing away. But I mean, at this point, I don't know if playing at home will have that as much of an advantage these days. I feel like it might be slightly neutral. Maybe yeah. playing on the same pitch might give you an advantage. But even despite all that, I think right now, it gave a lot of teams an advantage to come back from, in- perhaps certain players come back from injury because of, having three months off. So like certain players like Harry Kane, he's starting to come Son. back. Son's coming back. From military service. Yeah, from military service. <laughs> it's some big news I mean, going and on. And then like even United, like Pogba will probably be on the bench. Rashford is coming back. He was injured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Martial's fit. I mean, there's you know, every Premier League team I feel like is definitely they've got their their players back. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be a lot of different teams coming back into the season now. And it's going to be a little bit difficult to predict. Like, you know, City, they looked like they haven't really skipped a beat. But I wouldn't really be surprised given Pep has probably a very rigid training regimen, even despite having COVID be a thing. So mm-hmm. for this game in particular, it's going to be... Hmm, I'm going to say 1-1 because given what we saw from the results and it's yesterday... Gonna be rusty. And also just the results from Bundesliga and La Liga, unless you're Messi or unless you're a team. Not that, even Ronaldo. Yeah, not in even Italy. Ronaldo. Yeah. I, I would say they lost to Coppa Italia. To <laughs> so it's like you're, no one's immune to <laughs> yes. like, the rustiness and not playing for three months. So mm-hmm. I, I don't like the players aren't like in preseason kind of shape or form. Some players potentially are like. Apparently, like Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic of like the Dallas Mavericks is, but like you know, for soccer players, it, it kind of varies as well. Yeah. But for this game, I think it'll be one-one because I think it'll just be slightly rusty, and then you know that intensity might not be there immediately. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. Oh man, you you know me. 
I already gonna say two one <laughs> United. Come on, <laughs> you I gotta mean, predict the gotta. Manchester United win. Um, it'll I, be fun to it'll be fun to watch this game because I was really looking forward to it after United beat City before the whole lockdown and delay of play happened. But it's gonna be super exciting to watch this match just because Pogba's back, Rashford's back. It's going to be very fun. And then on Tottenham, they have like pretty much their full squad with mm-hmm. Kane and Son back. It's going to be really fun to watch. So I'm super sloppy. excited. <laughs> it's going to be sloppy, but it'll be fun to watch. <laughs> I will say that. But yeah, that kind of wraps up Season 3, Episode 77 for us. Um, please make sure to rate, comment, subscribe. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Please follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. We have been stepping up our Twitter game a lot now that we both graduated we definitely um well at least for me i have like now that i'm currently looking for full-time jobs i have more time to dedicate to the twitter and the social media pages so i'm trying to my best to put out more graphics and um just be on the conversation for twitter during games so please give us a follow if you want some friendly banter and some cool graphics to be on the (laughs) side and this great podcast to come alongside with it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, please give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Um, You follow us on our YouTube page, subscribe to us there. We'll definitely be posting videos, our full podcast on there as well. Trying out new videos soon. Um, That is the goal. So once we do that, obviously we'll have the video version up on there as well, but yeah, follow us on all those platforms and please give us you know, topics to talk about, please reach out to us, ask us any questions you want. We'll definitely give you a shout out on the podcast and we'll try, definitely try to answer them on our show. So yeah, please give us a a shout on Twitter and everything. Best place to ask us questions really. But, Mm -hmm. and even for the next few weeks, we got some guests lined up. So yes, we will announce those shortly. And then we can also have you all ask us questions. We can ask them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. yeah just be on the lookout for that those 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 guests will definitely be uh, a fun time and like we said we're trying our best to get more guests on the show so yeah just be on the lookout for all of that but yeah thank you again for all the support that you've given us throughout this entire journey and now that we're on season three we're off to continue what we're doing and you know make it a little bit better each step of the way trying to move the needle forward little by little but yeah that kind of does it for us for season three episode 77. Thank you guys so much. Peace. Peace.